Welcome to the Gospel in Lagos, the sermon podcast of City Church Lagos. We hope this sermon answers the doubts or questions that you have about the Gospel, its relevance to your life, and the ever-evolving culture around us. Our vision is to see the City of Lagos and beyond renewed by the Gospel, and to make that happen, we need your support. You can do this by rating this podcast, following us, and giving through the Give tab on our website, citychurchlagos.com. Thank you for your generosity. We pray this sermon impacts you positively with the gospel. Good evening, church. The reading this evening is taken from Galatians chapter 4, verses 3 to 7. At the end of the reading, I will say, this is the word of the Lord. And I would be grateful if you would reply with, thanks be to God. Galatians 4, verses 3 to 7. So also, when we were under age, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. This is the word of the Lord. Good, Good evening, everyone. Yeah, we, we, old habits that I had. <laughs> um, special welcome to anyone joining us for the first time, or maybe sometimes we have some friends visit us around this time of the year. We're so happy to have you join us uh, during this. Have you had a great time so far? Yeah, they're not, they're not doing badly. Eh? When you grow up, eh, eh Jomi? You'll be like me. Well, anyway, um, so my own job here is just to sort of bring things, not to a close, but summarize things from the Word of God, but hopefully I will not spend too much of your time. And when a preacher says that, you should be worried. All right, but um, this is the most wonderful time of the year, as some of us say, the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, maybe because your work is winding down. Or maybe just because we are, we, it's, it's dirty December, well, all our, our, our diet and exercise plans, they go, we just pack them at some point. I, can I get an amen in the house? Yeah, the people that didn't say that are the ones that never had any diet plan throughout the year. But you know, often we have two wonderful times of the year. The first one is general, that's like this one. But the second one is actually much more specific, much more personal. You know why? It's our birthdays. And we always look forward to our birthdays, don't we? Now, I don't really look forward to my birthdays, but I can tell you about the birthday that I look forward to the most. Do you know the birthday I look forward to the most? How old I was going to be? Let me tell you. 13. 13. In fact, by the time I was, after my 10th birthday, I was, by the time I was 11, I was looking forward to my 13th birthday. 12, looking forward to my 13th birthday. You know why I was looking forward to my 13th birthday? Well, it's two things. The first one, 
is eventually I realized that once I hit 13, I was finally going to be a grown-up. You understand? Now I've learned everything because all those pre-teenagers, what did they even know about life? Now I'll have experienced life, a teenager. But the second one was really something I was looking forward to. And let me put it this way. It was something I had longed for all my life. It was like everything in my life prior to that time was leading to this thing. You know what I was looking forward to? To get my Ikoi Club Junior Members card. Now, I don't know about you. In those times, well, not those times. Not like I'm that old. But, but not too far, long ago. To be a member of Ikoi Club was something... Oh, it was something, but the only challenge I had was I never really felt it was me. Because each time I had to go to Ikoi Club, I had to go behind mommy and daddy. And you get to that booth when you're just about to enter, and mommy and daddy will show their card and they'll go in. And so I always dreamt of the time that one day I'll come, mommy and daddy are not there. I'll get to that booth. The mean man that was always there, I went to say, Hey, who, where are you going? I just show him the card. Member. <laughs> Better ask somebody. And so, the time came. July 20, my birthday. It came, and next thing, you know what happened? My dad came, and my dad said, Femi, I want to give you your member's card. And I got the member's card, and my joy was full. There's no twist to the end of this thing. It's exactly what happened. Because I know you were waiting for something. You were, hey, what did the card was? Maybe the photograph was not really mine. No, no, no. I, it was wonderful. I went to the booth. I showed them. I did it over and over again. All right? But if you notice with birthdays, that's the point. There are like three comings when we think about birthdays. Did you notice? The date comes. A person comes. And the joy comes. The date comes. A person, you know, people come to us in our birthdays with visits, with calls, with prayers, with presents. The person comes, and then what happens? The joy comes. And Christmas is really a celebration of a birthday. We're not talking about the accuracy of whether it's really December 23rd or not. That's not the point. The point is that it involves three comings that changes everything in this world. Now, we have to ask, what are those three comings? But again, before we talk about the three comings. We have to say it changes everything. What needs to be changed in this world? Well, in that Galatians 4 verse 3, it says something. It says something about the condition of the world. It says we are, when we're under age, we are in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. Now that elemental spiritual forces of the world is really the condition that needs to be changed or is the cause of the conditions that need to be changed. The elemental spiritual forces are basically Every day, the terrible things that happen in everyday life motivated by spiritual forces. So people get angry unnecessarily. Yes, there's something inside them, but there's something also outside pushing them. There are wars up and about. There's inequalities up and about. There are broken minds up and about. It looks like these things are normal things that happen in the world, elemental. But they are being motivated by the evil one because this is not how God created the world. Amen? And so we are under slavery. Now, it says under slavery. Why? Because even though things happen to us, we also do things to others. You see, first of all, people oppress us, but we also, if we are honest, have oppressed people in one way or the other. Maybe people actually have fired us, but maybe un unnecessarily. I know some of us have been fired necessarily, but God is changing your story. <laughs> but sometimes we also lie. Sometimes we also cheat. Here's the problem, and here's where our slavery comes. Is this. 
is that things will constantly happen to us and we will constantly do things to others. In other words, we are not the solution to the problem. We are helplessly hopeless and hopelessly helpless. We are under slavery. And that's why Christmas is important. That's why the three comings are important. What are the three comings? It's the coming of the set time. It's the coming of the sent one. And it's the coming of the sought joy. The coming of the set time, the coming of the sent one, and the coming of the sought joy. Let's take each of the three of them and then we will carry on with the rest of this. The set time. You see, the theme of this uh, um, carol has been in the fullness of time. The fullness of time. In the NIV that we read, it says, when the set time had fully come. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know much English, but the small English I know is this. If something fully comes, it means that the thing could partially come. If something has fully come, it means the thing could partially come. And what's the difference between when something fully comes and when something partially comes? It depends on what comes. You see, when something partially comes, it's a foretaste of what comes fully in fulfillment. Amen? It's a foretaste of it. Perhaps I can help you. For those of us, any, any sports fan here? Sports fan? Football? Yes? Yes? Now, it, it pains me to talk about this based on what happened yesterday. Arsenal really didn't fire on all cylinders. But you know sometimes you are looking forward to a particular match. But before the match starts, for those of us who are real fans, we don't, let's say the match is at four. You know what happens? By two, we are glued to the TV. Why? There's something called the pre-match analysis. We like it. It's not the actual match, but it's a foretaste of the match. So there's a pre-match analysis that comes before the set time of the actual match fully comes. Or for those of us here, some of the men that are about to take courage, about to do the thing that you are born for, it's like the marriage proposal that comes before the set time for the wedding vows fully come. Speaking about weddings. How about this one? You know, some of you that are about to get married, you do this thing that really bemuses a lot of us. It's called the pre-wedding photo shoots. <laughs> pre-wedding. Now, the pre-wedding photo shoot, what's it? The pre-wedding photo shoot is what partially comes. It's a foretaste of when the wedding photo shoot fully Come, are we understanding? Okay, let's talk to the foodies here. The foodies. You get into a restaurant and they say, what would you like to eat? You say, ah, hold on. <laughs> I will get something. But there's something called the appetizer. The appetizer is a foretaste of what? The entree that will fully come. How about this one? It's something called a dress rehearsal. A dress rehearsal is a foretaste of what happens of when him and Noel the performance fully comes and here is the point the set time was going to fully come but before the set time was going to come there were going to be other comings and we have seen about those other comings there was the time of Moses but it was a foretaste there was the time of Samson I tell you it was a foretaste there was the time of David it was a foretaste there was the time of Elijah it was a foretaste why because even though Moses was a great prophet a greater than Moses was coming at the set time even though Samson was a mighty deliverer I tell you a greater than Samson was coming 
Even though David was a regal king, a greater than David was coming, even though Elijah was a mighty miracle worker, there was one that was going to be more extraordinary than him. But he, the set time had not come. Why? Because he had not yet come. And can I just say as a side, an aside, I thank God for the kind of 2023 many of us have had. Maybe some of us have had challenges, but we must also say, and I want to say some of you have had children, some of you have had amazing, an amazing time, but don't make a mistake thinking that whatever you have tasted now is the full thing that's come. Can I tell you there is a set time coming that all these things will be foretaste. For the Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. The things that the Lord has prepared for those that love him. I say that whatever you have tasted in your life will surely be a foretaste of what God has, got, has prepared for you because the set time has not yet come. And how do I know the set time has not yet come? Because the sent one has not yet come. Let's talk about the sent one. Who is the sent one? Well, if you follow that verse continuously, it says when the set time had fully come, God sent his son. Who is the sent one? The son of God. But then he says something about the son of God. He says, born of a woman, born under the law. Do you ever read your Bible and say, eh? No, let's be honest. Do you ever read Bible and say, eh? Because when I read that, I'm like, eh? Let me give you an example. If... Um, um, the Agus, where's the, the champ, the emperor, the, com, uh, the, the, the emperor, the champion, right? And my wonderful sister-in-law, right? They're married, right? So if they say the Agus had a baby, uh, they are twins. After all, you are the conqueror. <laughs> if we say the Agus had twins. You don't know what we don't say. Or let's just say the Agus had a baby. Because I'm thinking about it as a relative. If they are twins, that may be problematic. They'll bring them to our house. So let's say the, the, Agus, the Agus had a baby. Do you know what we don't say? And it was born by Ibukun. That's the, the wife. We don't say that. Because we know that men don't have children. I know that in some parts of the world, there's a bit of confusion. Uh, but here in Nigeria and in Africa, we are, we are not confused. And we shall never be confused in Jesus' name. Alright, men don't have children. Women have children. So why is it here saying he was born of a woman? It wasn't because the Bible had an issue with transgenderism. No. The Bible is saying he was born of a woman because you don't expect that God's son will be born by a woman. Because God's son is exactly like God. They have the same substance. God the father and God the son. They are both divine. So what he's trying to point out to you is that God's son was, became a human being. Remember, it said, when the time had fully come, God sent his son. That means that the son existed before he was born. He was God, but he's also a human being. Now, why is that important, you ask? I'll tell you. It's because... It tells us about the kind of leader that we need that can deliver us. Because in verse 5, he says, he was born on, he was, after verse 4, he says, he was born a woman, born under the law. Born under the law means that he was born in a particular time, under a particular people. He was the law that, that governed a society called Israel. So he was born a Jew. But later he then says that to redeem those that were under the law. 
You see, him being God and being human spoke about his ability to redeem us from our slavery and illustrated this uniquely place to deliver us from our slavery. Maybe I can illustrate it this way. Nigeria is a wonderful place. Amen. You know, I, I know some people are Jack Ryan. I know some of you are thinking about it, Jack Ryan. And it will be much more wonderful because you are Jack Ryan. All right? No, no, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, it's not, it's not, I'm not cursing. I'm trying to, you, you'll be blessed when you Jack Ryan. We will be blessed because you Jack Ryan. It's, it's not a problem. We, we, okay, so Nigeria will not be blessed because you Jack Ryan. Is that what you want me to say? Uh-huh, so Nigeria will be blessed. Okay. Nigeria is a wonderful place, but we have some challenges. Let's just put it that way. We have some challenges. And whenever we think about the problems in Nigeria, when you think about the problems that we've gone through, you know, one of the root causes that we can say is that we've not always had the best leader, best, or best leaders at the state level, at the, pre, at the presidential level. I often think about who will be the ideal leader to lead Nigeria. Who will be the ideal leader to lead Nigeria? I thank God for our president. I thank God for the governor of Lagos State. They are trying their best, but they are not the ideal leader, I can assure you. Do you know who the ideal leader would be like when I want to construct the ideal leader? It would be a combination of these two. It would be a Harvard graduate that spoke like or behaved like Governor Wiki. <laughs> yeah, maybe I can illustrate it to you. You see, first of all, thinking about Governor Wiki, it would be like we, we need somebody that is like us. We need somebody that talks like the people. <laughs> somebody that talks like the people. Do you understand? And the reason why he must talk like, behave like us, we want to be able to connect to our leaders. It's not just about having a conversation. We want to feel like the leader can feel what we feel. We want to feel like the leader understands that inflation is not just about percentages. It's about the value of the fact that now I can't eat three eggs. Do you understand what I mean? I, I used to take three, now I have to take two. How would the thing rise? How would my blood, you know, not blood pressure rise, but your blood pressure rise. <laughs> but inflation has real consequences. But if the person is so unlike us, we'll say the person is out of touch. They don't understand. We need our leaders to be like us. For we do not have a high priest that cannot be felt with the feeling of our infirmities. But the second thing is this. If they are too much like us, we won't like them because they will say that ah, almost, empathy only gets you thus far. It's like, ah, we're all suffering the same thing. We are suffering the same thing, but he can't do anything about my problem. He understands my problem, but he can't do anything about my problem. So I want a leader that, yes, understands my problem, but is above my problems. If he's too much like me, that means he's going through the same problems that I'm going through. You, see, you do understand? So we want him not to be like us. In, in one sense, because he can't deliver us. But we want him to be like us so that he understands what he's delivering us from. Moses was the candidate, a right candidate to deliver Hebrew slaves. Why? Because Moses was a, was a Hebrew that was not a slave. He was educated in all the, all the, all the, the wisdom of Egypt so he could deliver them. In the same way. Jesus becomes the one that can deliver us and redeem us. Why? He's like us. He was born of a woman. But he's not like us. He was God's son. Amen. And so that's why when the set time had fully come, God sent the sent one. Born of a woman. Born under the law. So that he could redeem them that were under slavery. But the final thing is this. Remember I said, when my dad came, and gave me the card. I was happy. There was joy that came into my heart. 
Why? Because my status has changed. I have become a member. And the same way, when the sent one comes, what does he do? He changes our status. He changes our levels. Not like Elijah level. He's even a greater one. Right? What is the level that he changes? Remember, we were slaves. But now he turns us to being sons. He first said that while we were slaves, you know, a slave does not look forward to the future. Many people look forward to the future, but a slave usually, if you are just a perpetual slave, you don't look forward to the future because at some point, you know, um, um, you, you will have no strength again. But they never created pensions for slaves. They never gave slaves inheritances. But what happened with Jesus is that when he came, he changed our status. Look at verse 5. He says to redeem them, the, those who are under the Lord, that they may receive the adoption to sonship. Now somebody will say, hey, you know adopted children are not like real children. Why do we know that adopted children are not like real children? Usually it's when they are dividing the will. When they are dividing the will, at first, you know, an adopted child, you send them to, I'm talking about how things can be done in Nigeria. Nigeria is a special place. Right? You send them to good schools. You do all of these things for them. But it's like, ah, you were a slave before. I sent you to good school. You don't think that you get out of the inheritance. But this is not how God treats his own adopted children. No. Look at verse 7. He, when, he, when he changes our status, he gives us the full right of what it means to be a son. He said, so, or consequently, you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child... God has made you an heir. So the son of God became as a slave in the world so that the slaves in the world may become the sons of God. Can somebody say amen? amen. Now, but all of this is good. We know that we are sons. Knowledge isn't bad. But knowledge is not all, is not enough. You see, if somebody has been a slave for such a long time and one day like this they become a son, a child, guess what they don't do? They don't start acting like a son and a child, isn't it? And many times that's the same thing with us Christians. We have been slaves all our lives, but all of a sudden we become sons. So what happens is this. If you just know that you're a son, it is very possible to know that you're a son and yet feel and act like a slave. And this is why God didn't just send his son into the world. Verse 6, he says, because you are sons, God also sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. So that the adopted sons can now feel like sons and no longer slaves. Let me illustrate it with this thing. It's, it's going to be an extended illustration, so just permit me. Let me introduce you to somebody. His name is Junior. Look at him. Just look at Junior. Doesn't he look nice? Look at how adorable he is. Look at, look at that bow tie. Look at that nice checkered shirt. Look at the ginger hair. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's, he's a beautiful child. But he has a, he has a story. A little bit of a story. He, he was sort of an orphan. His parents gave him up very, very early. And so they took him into an orphanage where there were nuns that took care of him. And they grew him into this adorable little boy. There was just one slight problem with Junior. He wasn't that adorable a little boy. You see, in his real behavior, he was really like this. Yeah, he, he, was, he, was, he was a problem child. If you ever watched the movie, that's what I'm referring to, problem child. Junior was a problem child. The convent, uh, the, sorry, not the convent, the orphanage that he was taken to, they always wanted to get rid of him. He was causing chaos there. In fact, they kept on 
sending him to other people's houses, and he kept on being returned. In fact, before he was eight, he was returned 30 times. Almost <laughs> <I'm> true. <laughs> right? Right? Problem child. But there was a couple that really wanted a child more than anything in the world. They were called Mr. and Mrs. Healy. Ben and, I've forgotten the lady's name, Ben Healy and the wife, whatever the wife was, she was not even a nice woman herself anyway. But, so one day, they took Junior and they were going to give him all the love that he needed. They were going to make him their child indeed. But they really didn't know Junior. Let me tell you one or two things, one of the things that Junior did. One day, in the neighborhood, the weather was very hot, just like it's hot now. And you know when it's really hot and you're walking around, we want to drink something, right? So there were these two girls, two twi twins, and they were selling lemonade. And cool ice lemonade, when you saw it, ah, you just, even, I remember watching the movie, I still went to drink that lemonade. And so Junior went, he was, he was thirsty. He said, can I buy some lemonade? And they said, yeah, it's $2. And he's like, $2? He checked his pocket, and he saw that he had a quarter. That's like 25 cents. So he had eight times less what was going to buy it. And so he showed them, and they said, well, you're not getting any lemonade. Be gone. And Junior was sad. Like, ah, we're not fighting. But then there was a quick problem there. You see, there were twins, and the lemonade needed to be refilled. So one of them said, go and get it refilled. The other one said, you go. Go, you go. You know this problem when there's no real senior in the place. So all of a sudden, a, a, an idea came to them. He said, Junior, we'll give you for half the price if you go and help us refill. <laughs> Junior said, wow, to refill, you know. Ah, this reminds me of something. What does lemonade remind me of? What does the color of lemonade remind me of? What is it that human beings produce where the golden color of lemonade reminds me of? And so Junior gladly went into the house. He took a left turn, not to the kitchen, but into the toilet, and he conveniently refilled the lemonade jar, if you know what I'm talking about. He took it back to the girls. They said it was half filled. And so you're not getting the thing. He said, no problem. <laughs> I'm okay. One man, terrible man was fixing the car. He was so tired. He came. He said he wanted to buy. He said it was $2. He said, can I give you $2? Anyway, he paid the $2. And he started drinking it and drinking it and drinking it. And Junior was looking. And the man said, ah, it's a bit tangy. <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, he was a terrible boy. Problem child. I remember another one. He went to a party. Right, the parents really wanted to get into the social. You know how we parents, right? We say we are throwing birthday party for our children. It's not for our children. The children will throw their birthday party for their own children. That's the way it works. It's for our own friends to come and see. Look at how I treat my child. And so the parents were finally invited to one of these parties where uh, some of the ones that don't have children. Don't worry, your time is coming. You understand. All right. So so the, the parents were invited for this party and they were meeting. They were mixing with all the social elites and the wife was so happy. But Junior wanted to just play with some of the parents of the birthday the celebrant and she was angry don't touch my don't touch my my presence and she she and her friends came and said why are you shouting he said he's not really a real child he's adopted somebody say oh junior was sad and then it was time to go and see the magic show he said you can't come and see the magic show adopted child like you and so they went they were doing the magic show and then junior thought you know what i've got a piece i've got some magic show uh, tricks on my under my sleeve i won't tell you all of them but just a few junior took the sprinkler for the garden and he connected it to her bedroom the bedroom was dry he just wanted to make it wet junior took you know the glass jar where you put a, a, a chapman inside or pims he went and took the frog that was in the pond and he put it there just to give it a bit of spice but my favorite one was when it was time to um, cut the cake. 
you know the um, candles? It should be the simple candles on cake, right? Well, at least children's one where you blow it and you make a wish. So Juno thought, ah, why don't we make it a little bit more, a little bit more sparky? So he replaced the, the, uh, the candles with firecrackers, otherwise known as banger. <laughs> so by the time they lit it, the thing banged. <laughs> it was the problem that the mother wanted to die. She just hated him. She said, let him go. And the man was really moved to try and let him go. But more than being mad, the man was actually sad. Because here's the thing. He wanted a child so bad. So bad. And he wanted to have a relationship with his son. He wanted to show the son that he really loved him. And the one thing that Junior couldn't give that man was one word. He never called him dad. For the man, that was going to be the expression that truly this was my son. Because you see, on paper he was his son. But until he could cry, dad, he wasn't truly his son. But think about it from Junior's perspective. You were adopted once, they were returned. Adopted twice, returned. Five times, ten times, twenty times, thirty times. Junior eventually felt that no one could really accept him for who he was because inherently he was a problem. And so, no matter what this man tried to do, Junior never called him dad. Until one day, Junior was kidnapped. Kidnapped by the most notorious killer around there. It was called the Bowtie Killer. That's why Junior he was wearing a bow tie. That was his hero. People have heroes like Michael Jordan and um, 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 George Washington. His own, kill, his own hero was a Bowtie Killer. That's another thing. But he was, he was, he was kidnapped. And the Bowtie Killer wanted a ransom. And eventually, um, Mr. Healy went for him. At the, cost of his, at, the, at, at the risk of losing his life, he went to rescue him. He got him. In fact, at the end, when there was a car chase and eventually the, the, kill, the, the killer crashed and the police came and took him, as they were taking him, he was able to bundle a gun from one of the policemen and he was going to shoot Junior. As he was about to shoot Junior, the man went in front of Junior and took the bullet for him. And at that point, Junior was saying, come back, dad, come back, dad. I love you, I love you. And as you'll expect any children's movie to be, the dad somehow came back to life. <laughs> Something had caught the bullet. But have you noticed what happened? You see, all the while, Junior thought that he was so bad that nobody could accept him until he met a man who was able to come to his level and give him a kind of love that was so unconditional that eventually he melted down all of his defenses. Let me tell you, there is a love that can cover over a multitude of sins. If you are in this place and you think that nobody can truly accept you, maybe we as human beings here, we are under the same problem. Maybe we won't accept you, but there was one that came from above and he came down to say that no matter who you are, I have come to accept you. He came to rescue you. But it wasn't just that he came. God sent the spirit of the one that came into your heart so that it's not just that you know that God is your father. But he says this, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. Can I put it another way? The spirit 
of God's Son is in your heart, or maybe you've never encountered him before, if you accept him today, that spirit will come, and all of a sudden, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the ruler of nations, the one who says to the seas that you can only go this way and no further, the one who num numbers and names the stars, the one who knows every grain of sand, the one who knows the very hair on your head, you can look to him and call him That's what Christmas is about. Can we bow our heads in prayer? And I want to specifically, I want to specifically invite somebody here. I'm sure this is probably not your first time in church. I know this is probably not the first time you've heard this message. But listen, there is an appointed time. Don't wait for the fullness of time that happened outside in Bethlehem. Don't wait for the fullness of time when Jesus returns. Jesus actually gives each one of us our own appointed time. He says, when is the time for salvation? Now is the appointed time. Now is your day of salvation. Don't say, I've gone, I've done this thing over and over again. No, if he's calling out to you, open your heart to him. Don't say you don't know what I had just done this afternoon. The very thing that Christians say you should not do. Listen, he has come for you. Just as Junior thought nobody could ever want him, there is one that is willing to take the bullet for you. Just surrender yourself to him. But I've never called anybody, Father, I've never called anybody an affectionate name because no one really loves me. There is one who loves you whilst you are yet a sinner. He sent his son for you. And so if you're that kind of person, I want you to say this prayer with me. And you know what? I'm going to ask everyone to join the prayer so that we can help those who would want to say that prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you came into this world to turn me from a slave into a son of God. I do not understand why your grace is so precious. I do not understand why your grace is so undeserving. But what I do understand, without your grace, I will remain in this slavery. And so I decide to leave my chains. I decide to leave the chains of sin. I decide to leave the chains of dissatisfaction and surrender to your grace. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come into my life and give me new life. Make me born again so that I can look to God the Father and I can cry, Abba, Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks for listening. If you found this sermon helpful, we hope you join us in the mission of renewing Lagos with the Gospel by sharing it, rating this podcast and following us. These actions help us reach more people with the Gospel. You can also connect with us on various social media platforms via the handle at City Church Lagos. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos.